Kia ora and welcome to Business Your Way, a podcast where I take you behind the scenes and look at the strategies, systems and support needed to grow and scale an online service business. One that not only supports you and your family financially, but one that gives you the freedom to live the life of your dreams. I'm taking the many lessons learnt over the last two decades of running my own business and working with hundreds of clients to bring you what's working now conversations. I'm pulling back the curtain to bring you real stories from real people, including myself. We're going to talk about everything from how to get clarity on your vision, creating systems so you can automate and delegate, how to hire a kick-ass team that creates raving, returning and referring clients. We're even going to talk about how to kick those limiting beliefs to the curb so that you can flourish in your business. I'm your host, Sandra Julian, an Indigenous mama of three, fashion-loving sewist and business strategist. Each week, I want to help you dream big, plan well, and do the work to grow and scale your business your way. If you're ready to scale your business, but you're not sure where to start, you can take my free two-minute quiz to uncover the secret strengths of your agency owner personality type. You'll discover how you can use your strengths to scale and streamline your business without compromising you. Head to the show notes for the link, sandrajulian.co forward slash quiz. Hey Jennifer, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast this morning. I am really looking forward to diving into our conversation today. So am I, and thank you so much for inviting me to be here. It's always a privilege to get to share a message with People I don't yet know. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's great. And I think today our message and our conversation is really going to be valuable for our listeners. So I'd like to start us off by giving the mic to you to introduce yourself, what you do, and how you make your moolah. How I make my moolah and what I do. Well, the lovely thing is that I love what I do. So it makes the moolah. Easy, which is great. Um, So my passion, job, career, business for the last 12 years has been to be a certified business and leadership coach, working with corporates, C-level executives, small businesses, right, from, from large to small, on their communication, on their leadership, on their relationship building skills, their sales, those sorts of things through two businesses that I have. One is Generate Leadership Solutions, which is the primary focus of the leadership work that I do, and uh, a business called 90 Day Divas, which is a collaboration between myself and two other colleagues, professionals, who are in different parts of the country. I'm, of course, in New Zealand. And what we do is we help people who want to jump out of corporates and start small businesses. So that's kind of where we sit in that space. Totally different markets but doing very similar things. Nice. And coaching is your main way that you work with people? Coaching is the is probably, I would say, 60% of how I work with my mm. clients. And I do that mostly one-to-one. 
which and then that's kind of the reason I'm, you know, the coaching bit is kind of shifting down a bit because I only have so much time. Mm. So, you know, coaching is about 60%. The other 40% is made up of uh, delivering, creating and delivering training and development programs on the topics of leadership, communication, sales to corporate teams. And those companies that don't have somebody like me on their staff, they're not quite that big, but that they need someone to step in and be that outsourced training and development department. So that's become a big part of what I do. And that's just great fun. And I speak at conferences and summits, things like that. So nice nice variety for me. I'm one of those personalities that likes variety. Yeah. What got you here? Jen, like what, what's your background that has landed you in this space of leadership and communication, coaching and training? It has been varied, just like I would venture to say most people who have businesses, most entrepreneurs have had, you know, a couple of prior lives, you know, what have you done in past incarnations? So for me, uh, it started at graduate school, went to end up going to graduate school and getting a master's degree in business administration, thinking that was going to be the end all be all. And, you know, I was back in the States at this point thinking, oh, it's going to set me up for a great job and a great career. And yeah, nah. <laughs> it was a really great experience in learning how to work with other people and to think laterally and think strategically. So in a way that did really contribute to what I'm doing, because I've got to help my clients think strategically. But Gosh, from there, I ended up being a financial advisor for eight years. So really learning how to build relationships, become that trusted person. Because when you're a financial advisor, your clients need to get, you know, quote, air quotes, naked financially in front of you. You need to know everything about them in order to help them best. So building those trusted relationships was really good practice for what I'm doing now. I ended up then right before I moved here from the States, I was, I had a small side hustle. So I've done the side hustle thing, a little small business that helped women expand their networks, connect with other females. It was all about women's networking and was the regional director for regional director of sales for a hotel company in my area of Florida. So I had four hotels that I was responsible for filling every night of the week. <laughs> plus conference space. So that was great. I had a team of about eight people who were working for me and, um, you know, again, that sales prospecting space. So all of that experience has now been brought together. And I pull from bits and pieces of that as I need to, to create my own IP and to help my clients, right? So I love having an enormous library of stuff to pull from to help my clients. And then... The certification behind your leadership, you know, you've got your MBA. What yeah. kind of then, Which nobody really seems to care about anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then, you know, what fed the desire to then keep going into like leadership certification? Well, what really happened was as I was coaching, so I've been doing the coaching for 12 years now. And, you know, about four or five years ago, it occurred to me that as I was working with my clients, my business owners, my entrepreneurs, I could create the best strategy and the best business plan and action plan that you've ever seen for them. But what I figured out was most of the time where they were falling down was in their ability or lack of ability to lead and influence effectively and to communicate effectively. So those two things, I believe, really underpin business. 
and running a business and having a team and being successful. So I ended up going back to the States. I'm part of the, the Maxwell leadership team. John Maxwell, who's a leadership guru for about the past 50 years, has an international team of people like me who are certified to deliver uh, really unique tools and trainings and workshops and cool stuff that only a few people in New Zealand have access to. So I'm one of a small handful that has access to some really interesting tools around leadership and communication. So I went back, did that. And I go back every year when I can. Of course, during that weird COVID time, everything mm. was virtual. But yeah, I go back every year, gain new knowledge, re, you know, re-set myself up for the following year and, and just maintain that and continue to grow. So what I learn, and you're the same way, right? So what we learn as coaches in our own self-development, you know, we spend thousands and thousands and tens of thousands of dollars to get the knowledge that we have. Our clients really get the benefit of that for a fraction of the price that we pay because we're always sharing things with clients, right? Mm. Mm. Yes, I agree. Is and I suppose it took me a while to get to this point of I can coach somebody, you know, and going down that track of, you know, coach certification. But yeah, for a long time, I didn't want to wear that hat. I didn't, th- you know, I didn't think I knew that much or I didn't. And it probably wasn't that I haven't had a bunch load of different experiences. Yeah, I suppose it's getting to that point in yourself where you can feel that you can impart that knowledge on somebody else and and that really takes stepping into your own leadership role or your own leadership persona absolutely um, but i suppose there was one thing that was holding me back and i'm interested to hear your take on this is you know i thought leadership was all about the CEO of a business and the chairman of a board and, you know, these people who are publicly seen to be leaders of our times. Hmm. And I was like, oh, I am nowhere near that nor have any desire to be (laughs) that person. So never really took that leadership title or language or I don't know label if you like as something that I ever desired so never saw myself in those shoes but then realized that actually a leader can be whatever you decide it can be and it's not necessarily leading other people but it's also leading yourself you know, so do you come across that often where people just they don't see themselves as leaders because there's a, a label or a persona that comes with that? Absolutely. And you've hit the nail on the head because I think a lot of people do see, oh, this person up on a pedestal who runs a company who whatever, you know, they own a company, they're the CEO, they're the chair of the board, whatever that might be. And they are a leader. And really you know, that those people who have, you know, you were describing what sounded to me a bit, a little bit like, you know, imposter syndrome, who am I to lead people? Who am I to share my knowledge? What do I know? Mm-hmm. And so many of us run up against that. But I've got a quick story I'm going to tell you first, and then I'm going to come back around to the mm. answer your question. But yes, when what really struck me and my take on leadership, which is the Maxwell take on leadership, is that if we influence people, 
and we all do, then we're a leader. And because there are so many people around us who are watching us that we don't even know are watching us that we're having an impact on. And that impact can be positive or negative. So it really comes back around to who are you being as an influence, as an influencer of the people who are watching you. And that could be your team. That could be your team of one VA in the Philippines, right? It could be your team of 200 plus who look to you for direction. It really doesn't matter what that team looks like if you're influencing people. It could be your family, right? your kids, the people in your community who you're on sports teams with or you volunteer with. You can lead anywhere in your life. You are leading. You just don't know it. Mm. And once you know it and recognize it, that's when you can improve and build those muscles. It's a skill. It isn't something that people are just born with. And the story that brought me to this point and that made me think about the fact that I'm an influencer was uh, back in the States when I was involved with the Women's Network, I used to organize luncheons every month. So we'd have a luncheon with 50 or 60 ladies that come along. Uh, I'd bring a speaker in who would talk about some relevant business topic. And, you know, it was just great fun. People made connections. They did business. It was great. And after one of the luncheons, one lady came up to me who was one of my members and said, Jen, I just want you to know you have changed my life. And I'm like, whoa, that's heavy. Nobody's ever really told me that before. It's great heavy. And every time I tell the story to this day, this was probably 16 years ago, uh, I get goosebumps. And that was the moment for me when I knew I was meant for something big and, you know, to have big impact. So now that really kind of pushed me down this road of doing what I'm doing now, which is sharing a message, sharing helpful stuff with as many people as I possibly can before I die. Because if I can have a massive impact, I'm talking millions of people. That's my goal here. If I can have a massive impact on people's lives, then that's a legacy that's making me happy. And so how do we as small business owners need to think and probably think differently about this word or label leadership? Because I know lots of small business owners who are busy being the operator of their business. They may have one or two staff, they may even have five staff, you know, but they are still busy being the operator of their business. They don't see themselves as the leader, you know, and then that that actually has wider implications on how their business grows. Absolutely. Because I always like to say your business will never outgrow you as the leader of your business. And when we invest time, you don't even need necessarily to embrace this concept of thinking of yourself as a leader. I mean, you can call yourself anything you want. The concept is, you know, you could just say, I'm a, I'm a duck, I'm Bob, I'm whatever, it doesn't matter. If I just focus on taking time out of the doing so that I'm looking at how I'm doing things, thinking strategically, thinking creatively, challenging myself, challenging my views on things, even just taking, you know, setting aside 30 minutes a week. That's it. Just start with 30 minutes a week on a Friday, on a Monday. I don't care when you do it. Just to step back and get someplace where you can 
have some peace and quiet, not be disturbed, and think about your business, where it's going, what you want it to do. You know, think, um, mm-hmm. you know, vi- be a visionary and think, okay, cool. So I'm doing this right now, and I feel like it's the same old, same old. Where do I really want to go? Mm-hmm. And I think even that, even taking time aside to do that, I count that as being a better leader, improving your leadership abilities, because you're getting into your heart and your brain both, and you're kind of wanting to understand more about your business, how it works, how you can make it better. And then when you think about yourself, it's setting aside time to, you know, not only think about your business, but think about you and who you're being as the driver of your business. So it's kind of taking the baby step first of just first setting aside time. Because too many of us don't. It's, yeah. you know, go, 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 go. Set aside the time on a regular basis. Make it a habit. Start small with just thinking about where your business is going. And then kind of expand that out a bit to doing a bit of self-reflection. How did, you know, how do I want my day to look today? How am I going to contribute to my day to make something positive happen? Or if you sit down at night, how did today go? I love this exercise. You sit down at the end of the day and you say, what went well today? What didn't really go to plan today? And how did I contribute to those things? What did I bring to the table that made things go well? Or what did I bring to the table that maybe made things that maybe made something not go as well as I wanted it to? And then what can I do differently tomorrow? Mm-hmm. That's a super simple daily practice mm-hmm. that one can get into. That really kind of leads down the path of starting to build that leadership muscle. Mm. Does that make sense? Makes perfect sense mm. because it's about taking time to do some self reflection. Absolutely. And looking at how your actions and behaviors are contributing to your current situation, right? Mm, absolutely. And if your business isn't going how you want it to go, then doing that becomes super important. Because as the, like how I look at it is, as the the founder and the owner of the business, my business can go any direction I like. Mm-hmm. I can take it wherever I like. There's no one telling me that I have to do this or have to do that. It can be whatever I want it to be. So if I'm not happy with my business as it is today, I can decide tomorrow that I'm going to do something different. That's a lovely thing about being a small business, isn't it? It doesn't... <laughs> You can pivot so quickly. It's not like you're the, you know, it's not like you're in that quote unquote leadership position where you're leading a team of several hundred people and oh my gosh, it takes a committee to decide if we want to do anything different. Yeah. You can do whatever you want to do. It's freeing. Oh, so freeing. So when we have a small team, so usually I find service providers, they start with themselves, but before too long, they've got a VA and then their team grows and before they know it they're a team of five and then their team is a little bit all over the show because you know they haven't quite got their processes in place from a leadership point of view where the business owner hasn't set out to be the leader they just knew that they needed help to serve their clients how do you work with someone who gets to that point? They don't see themselves, again, they don't see themselves as the leader because they've always been the doer of the work and now mm-hmm. they've got this help around them. They haven't seen themselves be any different than we're still serving the clients, but now I've got people to help me serve the clients. And they likely have never had anybody to model how to do that for them. 
Mm. because they're a technician and often small business service providers, you know, they're starting doing something because, you know, obviously they're good at the doing and they're good at the, the bit that is their superpower, which isn't mm. necessarily leadership to begin with or, you know, dealing with other people. So, yes, when you step into that situation, there's a couple of tools that become very helpful to me when I'm working with a client. One is called Leadership, and that is uh, a series of principles that I work through with a client, and it's very much coaching-based, one-to-one discussions. But it's really looking at how do you shift from being the doer to being the leader, from being the soloist to being the conductor of the orchestra, from you know, trying to scramble and climb and do better yourself to building a ladder for someone else and helping develop someone else. So that's a really good program that I take folks through. And that really helps shift their thinking around, you know, shifting out of I'm the lone wolf to, yeah, I'm part of the pack now. How do we all work together? Um, And I'm leading the pack. So the other tool is called the Leader's Toolkit. And that's something that really helps each leader tune into every single one of their unique humans who they're leading. I find so many leaders do not set aside one-to-one time with each of their team members. Now, there's a limit to this, right? I mean, there's if you've got a certain, it's difficult to do. But if you're in a small team, which is the market that I serve with this kind of coaching, then really setting aside one-to-one time with each team member on a regular basis is one of the best things that you can do to create a strong team and a strong business. And I did that when uh, I had the the sales team in the States, right? So, you know, eight eight people helping me for eight weeks. I'd each week meet with someone, take them off site and just have a lovely discussion around, (laughs) lovely, sometimes it wasn't lovely, but, you know, just have a, a good discussion around, hey, what's going on for you right now? What went well this week? What didn't these questions are familiar? What didn't go so well this week? And what did you how did you contribute to the situation? And what are your goals for the next, you know, seven weeks? What are you focused on accomplishing? How can I help you? There's just, you know, those really basic questions. Allow your team members to a feel like you care because you do allow you to get to know them on a personal level as human beings, you know, not just in passing as you're doing a task at the office. And they know they're going to get a set amount of time with you on a regular basis. So it actually helps facilitate good communication because they're not constantly coming at you with little things. They know they've got their time set aside with you on a regular basis where they can dig into something with you and you're going to set aside the time to do that. So that's probably one of the best strategies I've ever known for dealing with teams and my clients have benefited from that as well. And gathering that information really helps you step into that leadership role because then you're listening to the how can I contribute to what they are doing how can I help them do their job better and therefore have the contribution to the team is greater and how we operate as a team is greater so yeah I really like that so what would you say is a a good cadence for those one-on-one meetings like quarterly or six weekly like you had a team of eight so you just rotated on an eight weekly basis but kind of what does what would that look like for I don't know the average small business person if they were thinking about setting time aside for that I would say quarterly is probably a decent time period because then you can work on 
you know, cool, what do you focus on for the next 90 days? You know, kind of like sometimes I do with my, my business coaching clients on their strategy and what they're working on. You know, we take it in 90-day chunks or 12-week chunks. Um, you know, what do you focus on for the next 12 weeks? How can I support you? And I think those are good intervals when I think the owners who have tried to do it more frequently have felt as if, oh, we have nothing to talk about. <laughs> like, uh-huh. you've always got something to talk about. But I think they fall off because it's like, oh, we don't, you know, we just sat and stared at each other this time. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, when you do it every three months, things happen and it gives you it gives you things to talk about, right? Yeah. Um, so it's a decent interval. Six to eight weeks to 12 weeks, yeah, anywhere in there, whatever you feel it's a bit of a trial and error with what works with your team and what works with you that you feel comfortable with that you can fit into your week. But yeah, it's a little bit of trial and error to get the timing right. But yeah, it's so worthwhile and stick with it. Even if it begins to feel like it's a little bit of the same old, same old, stick with it. Mm. Just push through that bit. It's like going to the gym and going, oh, I'm a little bored with my routine now. I want to do something different, you know, and then you just stop going because you get bored. At least I do that. Yeah. You stop going because you get bored. Stick with it. Keep doing it because then you're going to see some results. And this is the same kind of thing. And you really build rapport, camaraderie, trust. And when your team trusts you, yeah, my goodness, you can go so much further because you're consistent. And I think that's what people need from their leaders is consistency. I need to know what to expect from you emotionally, mentally, operationally. Just let me rely on you to Mm. be consistent. Nice. I wanted to jump in here really quickly and ask you for a big favor. If you are loving this podcast and this episode, I would be grateful if you could share it with a friend or even better yet to jump over onto Instagram and share it on your stories. Don't forget to tag me. I'm sandrajulian.co. That really is the best way for others to find out about this podcast. And I thank you in advance. Alrighty, back to the episode. Where do you think that could go wrong? Like what are the kind of pitfalls that we need to look out for as small business owners because that sounds fabulous is quarterly reviews where we sit down and we identify what went well what didn't go well what could we do differently how can I contribute to that that all sounds like you know perfect little meeting and perfect little business but what are the pitfalls that we need to watch out for as business owners when that might not go so well. I think the times when it doesn't go well is when the leader hasn't clearly explained at the beginning of this process why they're doing it. So I think sometimes, and this has happened many times, when I've presented this idea to a small business owner, they've said, oh, so we're doing quarterly reviews? I'm like, no, they're not reviews. Because I think many people tie the word review to a pay increase. Mm. Like, that's not why we're doing this. You know, you may choose to do that at some point. That's great. But that's not why we're doing this. This is a development review. This is Mm. building them as human beings and as, you know, great contributors on your team. So that's a pitfall. You have to clearly explain to your team what's happening right up front so they understand the purpose. And they don't think, you know, think it's the wrong thing. Where it could also go wrong is if you've got a team member who is really reluctant to share to talk to you right who's just very and it's actually interesting because it may turn up the fact that they're not heading down the same path as you and they just don't really want to be involved in your business 
So I guess in a way it could and has sometimes not pushed people out, but it's shown people that you and your business are heading in a direction that they don't necessarily want to be a part of. And that's actually in the, why it may be painful in the short term. It's actually a good thing because you want people who want to be with you and want to go on the journey with you of where you're taking your business. So hypothetically, something could go wrong in that you could lose someone who just doesn't want to participate. Like, no, this isn't for me. I just want to turn up, do my job, not have to worry about developing myself and leave. I mean, that's interesting because then you as the business owner can can decide or get to decide really whether that's the kind of person you want on your team. And if they're not prepared to participate, then you're not having to show them the door. They're showing themselves the door because they're not wanting to do yeah. what you are asking of your team. Mm-hmm. They free so, up their own futures. You don't have to do it for them. That's <laughs> right. Oh, that's a beautiful way of putting it. <laughs> I love that. Go be happy. Do something yeah. else and be happy. You're not going to be happy here, so that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And I think the more people realize that, the better is if you're not happy where you are, there is always another door that will open for you. You just need to find the right door to walk through, but don't sit here and persevere with an unhappy situation blaming, yes. you know, somebody Everything. blaming the person whose business it belongs to because mm-hmm. they can run their business however they like. It's That's your opportunity to go, this isn't for me. I'm going to shut this door and open the next door. And I think that comes back around to bringing this discussion back around to investing in yourself. That comes back around to scarcity. Everyone, and especially right now in the world, there's so much negativity happening. There's so much uncertainty. There's, you know, recession, there's COVID, there's, I don't know, there's crazy political leaders. There's all kinds of weird things that have happened over the past few years. That stuff's going to continue to happen. But I think the more we talk about it and the more we buy into it, it just perpetuates this idea of scarcity. You know, I got to cling to stuff. There's not enough of anything. There's not enough money. There's not enough clients. There's, you know, I can't leave this job. And you just get so lost in that Mm. instead of saying, you know what? All that stuff's going to continue to do what it's going to do. I can't change it. I need to look after myself. I need to prioritize myself and either, as we were just talking about, move on to something that makes me happy or if I'm the leader, invest in myself. Because the more I invest in myself as the leader of the business, the better my business is going to do. That's Mm. something I can control is how I develop myself. And it's being worthy, feeling worthy of doing that. Yeah, but I I actually don't think we talk about that enough here in Aotearoa. Like, I can see, you know, in the States and when I'm participating in things in the States, their mindset is really different about how they invest in themselves to grow themselves, to grow their business. Like that's, I get a sense of that's the majority. But when we come back to being here in Aotearoa, it's really different. Whether we don't think that we are worthy of investing in ourselves or whether that is selfish or I can't be seen to be putting myself first, there's yeah, the poppy thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The tall poppy syndrome. Yeah, that was so, the weirdest thing when I got here. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so how do we how do we navigate this? And, and it's probably more our own internal voice, really, having to navigate 
feeling worthy of investing in ourselves because when we invest in ourselves, we're investing in our business. Nobody can take that away from you. When you invest in yourself, it's a permanent investment that like Warren Buffett just slowly builds and creates compound interest. The more you think of it as investing, right, in the market, if you're investing in the stock market, you put in little and often, little and often, little and often. You buy when the stocks are down, you buy when the stocks are up, you just keep buying. And eventually, in the long term, you got a whole huge chunk of money. But it took being consistent all the way through with those little investments, you know, building, building, building to get to where that, you know, is a great return. When you invest in yourself, it's the same kind of thing. Little investments, little investments, little and often help you to grow. It doesn't have to be, well, oh, I need to go out and buy a $10,000 US training program in order to do what I want to do, or I need to go participate in a, you know, a giant retreat. It's not going to have to be scary. It's just recognizing that you've got something that is worthwhile contributing to the world. And if you believe in what you're doing in your business, I don't care if you make a widget or if you sell your service, if that's worthwhile, and if you help people through doing that, if your product helps people solve a problem, why wouldn't you invest in getting better at how you do that? So it's really coming back to and embracing why your why why you do what you do and if it's strong enough and if you're you've identified it then that helps to get you into that mode of I want to grow that you know that why drives me I want to help more people through my product my service whatever it is that I deliver and if I want to do it better then yeah I need to spend a little bit of money in my business and right now I am my business so I'm going to invest in myself yeah. That was a really word. long-winded explanation. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, you know, and as you were talking, I'm like, the other thing that I see, you know, pop up is the formal education. Like now the education available to us is so vast and we can go out and get training programs and, you know, online courses, one-on-one coaching to help us in wherever we see our gaps are that we want to improve ourselves. It's no longer about the formal education and go to the university and get this postgrad degree because that'll fill my gap that the MBA didn't give me. Or you know, it's mm-hmm. I think thinking wider around personal development isn't just about the formal education. Personal right. development is about seeing the gaps in ourselves and where we could see room for growth and looking for the investment opportunity to help us with that growth. So that whole mindset around how are we looking at our personal development? Like when people present themselves to you, what are you seeing around how they're thinking about their personal development? Most of them don't really give it a thought Mm. or most of them, um, it's pretty vague. Like I know I could be doing better. I know my business could be doing better, but I don't know how. I don't know what I don't know. I don't know what I need. That's Mm. the majority of who 
comes to me. You know, they don't come to me and say, hmm, Jennifer, I think I really need to learn how to connect better with the, with my team members. And that's not anything that comes up in conversation. It's, hmm, my team members are kind of slacking off uh, and I don't know what to do about it. You know, I got somebody chronically turning up late. Uh, you know, they kind of seem like they're running the show instead of me. I mean, that's something that I've heard before. Another one could be, um, you know, gosh, my my results, my clients. I can't seem to retain my clients for the long term, and I don't know what I'm doing. Um, even that flows mm-hmm. back to who you're being and how you're taking care of your clients, and that comes back to being an influence. How you're influencing? Yeah, there's just a number of symptoms of it that I hear that then lead me to understand what their gap is. And then I can say, hmm, have you thought about maybe learning how to communicate more effectively so that when you do have to have a chat to a team member who's consistently late, it works, you know, it's effective and it gets the message across. Oh, now I haven't really thought about that, but yeah, that would work. <laughs> so, you know, perhaps a little communication training could be useful, but yeah, it's interesting. Fascinating. When we talk about your business will never outperform you as the leader, how do you think about that in terms of like communicating that to someone, you know, that that turns up for coaching really and is this isn't going right with my business, this isn't going right with my business, this isn't going right with my business. How do we get them to, you know, take a step back and look at what's going on with themselves? Like, how do we separate that person from the business when they're so intertwined? You can't. It's almost (laughs) impossible. And I've got a good story around that. So, you know, I am not a life coach. That is not at all my space. But sometimes stuff comes up in coaching sessions and you got to deal with it on the spot and just kind of talk through it. So. I had a client years ago who walked into my office and we've been working together for, I don't know, six, eight months and really putting a sales process in place for her and her team. And she came into the office and we've been looking at her numbers over the past you know, few meetings and her numbers were just going down, 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 down. I'm like, this is an interesting trend. What do you think is happening here? You know, what's been happening? Tell me what's happening. And as soon as I asked what's been happening, she burst into tears. And I thought, oh, okay. And a story came out of, you know, personal situation that was really difficult for her. So her head was all tied up in something that was happening at home and she wasn't present, present in quotes, at work for her team. She wasn't uh, accessible for her team to talk to. She wasn't doing the things she needed to do to, you know, bring the new clients in. So all of the personal stuff was impacting on her business. And she'd never, until that moment, she'd never made that connection. So I think sometimes drawing, telling a story like that, drawing that out, asking them, you know, asking the client, when was a time in your life when you recognized that what was happening in your, you know, at home was impacting your business and then get them to talk about that a little bit. And then that, draws the connection to, you know, hey, I am my business. So if I get myself sorted, you know, that's emotionally, but if I get myself sorted, my business does better. Well, we can tie that in so many other ways. 
So it's a little bit easier connection to make is tell me a time when, you know, you struggled personally and it's impacted on your business. Mm. And then we can draw out that analogy and then begin to see it a bit more about how I'm going is how my business is going. Yeah. And the two are so intertwined when we are small business owners. Mm -hmm. Anything else that you see come up, you know, when you're working particularly with the small business owner rather than, you know, the bigger corporates, that small business owner, that service provider, anything else that you see come up that kind of we need to open our ears to and, you know, think about how am I behaving doing this in my business? Like, is that what's holding me back? Do I, How do I need to think differently? There are so many little things that are popping into my head, but I think two that stand out are consistency. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think something that small business owners struggle with is consistency on so many fronts, whether it's, uh, you know, if it's just you in your business, you wear many, many hats. One of those is prospecting. So, you know, unless you've got a business that is grows 100% by word of mouth, um, you know, which they're out there, which I would also say, don't rely on that. Don't ever put your eggs all in one basket. I don't care what the basket is. Um, you know, you need to do some prospecting. So be consistent with opening and building new relationships with people every week, telling people about what you do every week, which then leads to ensuring that you're clear and confident enough to know how to explain to people what you do. <laughs> and I think that's another problem that small business owners run into is I don't know how to explain what I do when people ask me. The best example that I can give you is a photographer that I knew for years. And the way she would introduce herself was brilliant because it was interesting. It was kind of funny. It caught people's attention. She would say, I shoot people for money. Like, oh, I love it. It made me laugh. Oh, good. Just, and you know, she was funny and clever and she had a, you know, she was witty. So that really suited her personality. And, but that same concept can be applied over to any business. How do you get people interested in what it is that you do? What is the benefit? What is the end of the line where the rubber meets the road benefit that people get from working with you? They don't care how you do it. They don't want to know about the how. Mm. They just want to know, how can you help me? Mm. Can you solve my problem? Yeah. And I think people have trouble explaining that. Myself at times too, right? Because I'm very wordy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I mean, that is something that I have been working on, you know, in both my businesses. So even in the event agency and in my coaching practice is working on how do I succinctly explain what I do that's not a generalized label, you know? Hmm. And, and I hate the word I hate the word coach because everybody yeah. and their brother's a coach, right? Yeah. So it's like yeah. yes. Yeah. Like so that. yeah, just how can how can I work on that? And how can I yeah explain that succinctly that makes people lean in and go tell me more? So I don't think that's a one and done exercise. I think it's an evolution of you think this is good for now, and yeah. then you know, in a few weeks' time, you're like, oh, but this would be better. And then there comes another iteration and another iteration. So, yeah, iterating, testing, iterating, testing. Yeah. And when I tell people, you know, there's so many things that are practice. Mm. Everything, you know, every stab you take at something in your business is practice. And that's okay. You're not going to get them right every single time. 
but you are going to get better if you take a little bit of time to reflect on what you yeah. think. How can I yes. do that better yes. next time? Yeah. A prospecting conversation, a uh, you know, a social media post, whatever it might be, how can I get that better? Mm. And I think that's where that leadership muscle starts to grow because you're constantly thinking about how can I improve? How can I be 1% better tomorrow than I am today? Mm. And it isn't comparing yourself against well, the leaders. It's mm. comparing yourself with you the day before. How do I get yeah. it better? Yeah, I love that so much. That is a great point to probably bring our conversation because you just wrap that up perfectly. Well, I didn't even look at that. Yeah, <laughs> we just came full circle and I love the way that you just succinctly wrap that up. So Jennifer, how can our listeners reach out to you if they're interested in knowing a bit more about what you do and maybe even work with you? You can find me probably the most current place you can find me, which is up to date with everything, is LinkedIn, right? I've got a very robust LinkedIn profile, so you can learn a lot about me there. And then I've got, of course, Generate Leadership Solutions, which is www.generate with an eight, so G-E-N-E-R number eight, dot solutions. And you can find me at LinkedIn. Perfect. All right. We'll drop all of those into the show notes for everyone. So it's just a click and go. But thank you so much for joining me today and sharing such a great conversation with our listeners and giving giving my listeners good practical tips to walk away with and, you know, implement at least a reflection process. And think differently about how we are showing up as the leader in our business. So I appreciate you being here and openly sharing with our listeners today. Cool. Thank you so much, Sandra. Before you go today, I want to thank you for being here and listening all the way to the end. All the links to this week's episode can be found in the show notes and you can read a full blog of the episode at sandrajulian.co forward slash podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you hit that subscribe button and get new episodes as soon as they're released. If you'd like to reach out to me and chat about anything on today's episode or any of the previous episodes on the podcast, then I've got a link in the show notes so you can leave me a voice message or a video message. I really do look forward to hearing from you. Alrighty, have a productive week and I will talk to you again real soon.